0: from your pocket it's me brendan halloran thanks for tuning in i am coming to you live from your pocket or wherever it is you hold your podcasting device when you're out walking around or driving in the car uh thanks so much for tuning in if you haven't heard this podcast before that's great because this is the first one and you should not have heard this podcast before And um, I'm excited that you're uh, joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, If you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Brendan Halloran. I am the host of Live From Your Pocket with Brendan Halloran. Or Live From Your Pocket, it's Brendan Halloran. I think with. We'll stick with with for right now. Uh, I am a comedy writer. I am uh, from Toronto originally. I live in Los Angeles at the moment. um, I have written for uh, such shows as uh, Fox Sports Live, and um, an upcoming Netflix animated show and uh, a whole bunch of things in Canada. Uh, On this podcast, um, every week we are going to be deep diving into something that I think is making news to me. Yes, what I I think is making news to me. And there's a ton of stuff that's actually happening this week. Uh, I mean, Donald Trump Jr. is colluding with the Russians. He got caught. The, the cat is out of the bag they they said there was no proof and now there's proof uh healthcare in america where i currently live is on the brink what's going to happen with that nobody knows the republicans are are just even f- starting to figure out what healthcare is and then they're like oh no we have to we have to provide this thing that's not what we do as a political party and there's so much of this type of political stuff happening that i felt that we had no choice but to spend this whole entire first episode talking about the new Han Solo movie. (laughs) The uh, In Trouble Han Solo movie. We have to do it. I have to do it. I have to spend one entire episode talking about the mess that is now happening uh, with this Han Solo movie. So if you are not familiar with the story, um, there's this thing called Star Wars. Uh, And it was an original set of three movies that were released in the late 70s and early 80s by George Lucas. Although it is worth pointing out that he did not direct the two best ones. No, he did not direct the best one. We'll give him that. The singular uh, best one. And then he released a whole bunch of prequel films in the 90s. And then Star Wars went away kind of forever until he sold that company to uh, Disney. Now, at that time, they installed legendary producer Kathleen Kennedy as the president. And he went home to comb his beard or whatever or trim it or give it a trim and then give it a comb. And then uh, the franchise was, uh, was successfully relaunched with J.J. Uh, Abrams' film The Force Awakens, which probably you saw. And then there was another movie that came out uh, last year called Rogue One, which was not uh, related to uh, The Force Awakens or that trilogy of movies. It was its own standalone thing. Now, the standalone movies are actually what we're going to be talking about today. My guest is Glenn McCauley from the Comedy Network in Canada, who is probably the most knowledgeable Star Wars fan that I know, that I personally uh, have a Skype connection with. Uh, So we will be talking to him in a bit. But if you don't know the story of this young Han Solo movie, because that's what it is. It's it's a Han Solo movie set before Han Solo was the Han Solo that you know and love, I presume. Um, that's what they're doing. So it stars um, this guy that I've never seen uh, named Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. Uh, Donald Glover is playing Lando. Amelia Clark, Woody Harrelson, and Tandy Newton are uh, also characters in there whose names. We don't know, but they probably have names that sound more like sounds than names because that's what Star Wars likes to do. Names like, they'll have a name like Bin Bosco or or Mrex Grotto or Rince Priebus or something, which sounds exactly like a Star Wars name. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but Chief of Staff Rince Priebus from Donald Trump's administration sounds exactly like a Star Wars character. Um, So the movie that is coming out next year was written by Lawrence Kasdan, who is a legend, and his son, John Kasdan, who is his son. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan, of course, wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Big Chill, The Bodyguard, Wyatt Earp. He wrote Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens. So he basically rewrote A New Hope. Um, And John Kasdan's writing credits include a few episodes of Dawson's Creek, Uh, The feature film The First Time, which is about, quote, a shy senior and a down-to-earth junior falling in love over one weekend. And a movie called In the Land of Women, which is about an L.A. softcore porn writer who is frustrated after a breakup and moves in with his grandmother, befriends the foxy neighbor, and regains his self-confidence. You know, Star Wars shit. Um, it's important to note that, uh, uh John Kasdan essentially writes comedies. These, uh, these are, these are like romantic comedies that he's doing that infuse a little bit of real life drama, but they're not that they're essentially comedies. And John Kasdan actually even said to the Hollywood reporter that he does not like comedies that are broad in any regard, but then they also showed a clip from uh the uh the first time movie where the the teen is sneaking out of the girl's window and then he falls out of a tree and then she's like oh my god are you okay and he looks down and he grabs his balls and then he goes yep i'm good um so we all might have different ideas about what broad means So they wrote the script for this movie, and then they brought in uh, two great directors, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, of uh, 21 Jump Street fame, even though I didn't like that movie, and uh, the Lego movie, but they were also producers on uh, Last Man on Earth and Son of Zorn and Lego Batman and uh, Clone High as well, which is an old, fantastic uh, cartoon that uh, was tragically taken from us before it's time. Now, Phil Lord and Chris Miller's style of directing is essentially to uh, sort of wing it, to, to figure it out as they go, which is uh, what caused a whole bunch of problems for producers and the crew on the set. And uh, the thing that actually really stuck in everyone's craw, apparently, and I think why this whole thing fell apart, because uh, if you don't know by now, uh, these directors have been removed from the movie essentially as the movie was... Finished, like it's in the can kind of like there was only like two or three more weeks left of shooting in months after months and months of filming and it was so bad that they have to go in and uh essentially try to save this thing by hiring by the hiring of ron howard but the the main problem that everyone seemed to have was that um lord and miller like to sit behind the monitor and lob out uh, different alternative lines for for the characters to say while they're still set up and the cameras are rolling. This is actually really super common thing in uh, comedy work where you're just like, oh, okay, let's try this. Okay, let's try this, and then we'll get into the editing bay and then we'll figure out uh, kind of what what works. And apparently, this ran. V- incredibly contradictory to what Lawrence Kasdan and his son, the comedy writer, John Kasdan wanted. Um, and they were really upset that, uh, their, their script was, um, being changed at all, which I can sort of understand. I suppose if I had written a script with my dad, um, I would probably want it said the way that it was because it's very hard to work with your dad on a movie script. I would imagine. And I would be like, no, listen, me and my dad, we finally figured it out. Can you just say these lines? Because I had to. I had to spend three months every single day with my dad, and we finally figured it out. So please, please, just say the lines. But but Lauren Miller, they did. They were just like, no, no, no. We'll figure it out. And this will. Uh, this will get. And so apparently, it became like too much of a comedy. And it became so much of a comedy that uh, there was another report. Uh, and this one was from Star Wars Newsnet that says the star of the movie, uh, the star of the new Han Solo, Alden Ehrenreich, which is an impossible name to say, his performance was actually becoming zany and Jim Carrey-esque, which I guess is is code for bad, because that's what we've gotten to. In the 90s, Jim Carrey-esque, ooh, that's probably the funniest the funniest shit we've ever seen in our lives. Now, uh, it's like, oh, people hear Jim Carrey and they go, ooh, uh, uh, Bad. That's what happened. So, to recap, you've got Lorda and Miller calling out alt lines while the writer, John Casden wants Han Solo to fall out of a tree and check his balls, while Alden Ehrenreich is all writing the lines and nobody is happy. So, what's happening? Is this salvageable? Can we fix this thing? I went to the source, Glenn McCauley. <laughs> And so to further discuss this topic, I thought I would bring in uh, one of my good friends from the Comedy Network in yeah. Canada. It's Glenn McCauley. Glenn!
1: Brendan, thanks for having me on this show. Hey, thanks for being on the inaugural
0: cast. Everyone oh, calls I'm, them Pods. So I'm going to call them a cast.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's innovative. Uh, I'm, I'm, I love talking about Star Wars. I love Star Wars. So I know
0: you do. Uh, you picked the
1: right guy. You picked the right yeah. guy.
0: Well, yeah. Of all my friends, I was like, if there's somebody who's gonna be able to weigh in on this very pressing and important topic, it'll be um, it'll be you. You're right. uh, a, a true uh, connoisseur of um, Star Wars for for probably your whole life. Flattered,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I would say most of my life, sure, yeah. One of my earliest memories is watching Empire Strikes Back, uh, seeing the Haas scene. I believe I was four or five at the time. Oh, really? Uh, so that's a that's a brief overview of my humble beginnings of star wars yeah so one of yeah one
0: of the first scenes that you ever saw from anything was was that snow scene and you were like yeah.
1: this forever struck a chord and to this day I've, I've sunk god knows how much money into this this film franchise uh and no regrets no regrets at all oh uh, some regrets though i mean yeah a few regrets i saw a, regrets a menace are- thrice in the theater and the third time i fell asleep so that was a total <laughs> waste of money Yeah, why would
0: you regret do that? (laughs) How many times did you see the other two prequel movies in theaters? In theater, only once each. Yeah, definitely, right? I mean, I think we were all kind of trying to talk ourselves into Attack of the Clones a little bit, but then by the third one, I was like, forget this.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the third one is arguably the best one. Um, I did buy the DVD of the third one. So that goes to show how much I appreciated that one above the other two.
0: Yeah, I had the DVD of the first two prequels, and then I said, (laughs) don't even, don't even bother. So if we combined our collections, we'd have the full set. We'd probably have the full set somewhere, yeah, definitely. Uh, But we don't need to dwell on uh, the past mistakes. Um, There is, uh, Star Wars is back. Uh, There is new stuff to talk about. Yes, Um, thank God.
1: Thank God.
0: Uh, We have a a great, seemingly great set of uh, of saga movies going forward, and now we also have um, some standalones and uh, this Han Solo movie, which seems to be in quite a bit of trouble. Uh, Glenn, just what are your initial thoughts about what's happening here?
1: Well, I I can't say I'm surprised. Uh, I know Lucasfilm is obviously, you know, they're owned by Disney, but they're still a separate entity. It's not like, you know, they're separate from Kevin Feig and the whole Marvel crew. But, I mean, we saw this happen with Ant-Man, right? I mean, Edgar Wright got booted off that movie because he didn't get enough creative control. Uh, It's quite clear that these big franchises are being reined in. Uh, So, I I can't say I'm surprised, but I'm severely disappointed because I love Lord and Miller. Like... Their, yeah, their resumes absolutely. speak for themselves. And, uh, yeah. you know, Han Solo was always a really funny character, obviously, in the Star Wars universe. It seemed to be a, the perfect fit. Fans were, fans like us, so excited so to sort of hear this with, what was it, three weeks left of filming. It's just like, oh, no. Bad news. And, I mean, problems plagued Rogue One, too. It turned out okay, I think. Uh, I don't love Rogue One, but. Yeah, we'll go back, and we'll hit
0: Rogue One at the end of this, yeah. too, because actually that, that movie does uh, warrant some talking about because it's Definitely. one of those ones where you came out, and you were like, I think that was awesome, and then you thought yeah. about it. And then, um, yeah, my wife Stacy was like, was like, well, what about this, and what about that? And it wasn't this stupid? And I was like, yeah, wait a minute. This movie was kind of stupid. There are some holes. There are some you, holes. There's some yeah, big yeah. holes. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think it's just um, it, it's kind of shocking to have done this this late in the process Exactly I was saying earlier in the, in the podcast here That like The movie is essentially Done I mean You only had like A couple more weeks Left of yeah. filming The thing's in the can it's, it's, it's done It's a finished product And it was so bad That they it, it, Potentially so bad That they were like You know what Forget it We gotta, we gotta go in And scrap this thing Right now
1: yeah, and that's—I mean—the the one article that you brought to my attention that I hadn't read yet about how Alden, uh, uh, whatever his last, however you pronounce his last name, Aaron Reich, his performance was uh, dipping into an Ace Ventura type territory, which I yeah, which is, is like what? I think is hyperbole. I don't really see it getting that bad because Chris Chris Lord and Phil Miller, there's no way they would let that happen, right? Um, but I don't know, maybe I. I it's, it's a question of who to believe at this point. Yeah, they didn't really get that bad? Who knows? I mean, were obviously they, we're gonna we're gonna see much much of the movie is still gonna be the stuff they shot because I don't think they can afford to reshoot the whole thing. And I have read something that said that most of it is usable, but yeah, I don't know. It's hard first to say.
0: Yeah. First, there's like. First of all, I, I find it interesting now that like if somebody wants to describe like bad acting or bad comedy acting, it always has to be Jim Carrey esque. Even <laughs> yeah. though
1: at the time Jim Carrey was like the funniest guy in the world, one of the most original voices in comedy. That rubber face of his could do no wrong. He was <laughs> pulling off box office records left and right. But yeah, yeah. Damn. But now, well, it, now happened? it's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. No, can't ooh, do he's that. Right, sure, no, it certainly can. not but do
0: you, do you feel like they're trying to make a comedy, but then no one could decide how funny it was supposed to be or if it was supposed to be a comedy or not?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's certainly possible. I mean, without knowing which direction they're taking in the film, it's hard to say. Obviously, when it comes out, we'll really be able to dig deep until... It- Sort of what it was supposed to be, or what was it, it was envisioned as? Because, like Ant Man, you can see the Edgar Wrightness of it, and then there's that scene where Ant Man has to fight the Falcon. and You're like, I bet Edgar Wright didn't want to do this scene. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah. Where it's just like, oh, we have to have a fight on the the ceiling yeah. of the Avengers built complex because that's uh, because you got to set up a future, but be- you got beef. You got
1: to tie to the MCU, man. You got yeah, to. Yeah. We got to get some peripheral characters in here. But, um, but yeah, but I mean, yeah. I think, personally, I think their first mistake was making the second of these standalone movies a Han Solo movie because it's obviously the h- toughest one to do. It's and it's almost one that doesn't like. There's no reason uh, exactly. For it. No exactly. one's asking for it. And, uh, and it, when, yeah, when they announced these standalone films, it was an opportunity to explore the bigger universe of Star Wars, get to know some of these characters that maybe we didn't get to know, like. If they had just made this a Lando movie, Donald Glover slotted in as Lando, we'd be going bananas. It, and it is kind of a Lando movie, too, I <laughs> yeah. guess. It's
0: a Han Solo and Lando movie, which on paper you're like, yeah, give me that. That sounds yeah. great. But I'm just, I don't, like, I guess my problem with what they're trying to do is that everything is um, a prequel. Of some sort. Yeah. It's like they, ha- good they have point. The, the saga movies that are going to go into the future, which is exciting because you don't know what's out there. But then all these other movies are just trying to, like, cutely put a bow on everything. Like, Rogue One was trying to put a bow on the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which is, uh, I mean, a bit what Revenge of the Sith tried to do at the end, too, where it's like.
0: You're just trying to shoehorn in a story so it goes, that's how it went in case you were wondering. And it's like, yeah, my imagination kind of already went there. And my imagination, it turns out, was actually cooler than a lot of the stuff that was happening. which is
1: a a key point for me is one thing that made the original trilogy so great was that they left so much up to the imagination. And it was written so well, like all the references to things, the characters understood, but you had to fill it in. So it's like this is the ship that made the, the Kessel Run. You're like, whoa, what's that? And you could make it up in your head. Uh, obi-wan mentions the clone wars you get to make that up in your head but now they're sort of filling out they're 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 filling in those memories for you and it makes it i don't know i i it feels like homework
0: or something yeah where it's like okay now i have to okay well that's actually how it went out but before it was
1: like i don't know it could be anything it could be yeah uh, this or it could have been that and i'm feeling that stress about what they're doing with the comics and the novels right now because every so often i'll read a uh synopsis of them and be like, well, they dropped this juicy piece of knowledge. It's like, what? Oh, now I gotta follow these books, too? Yeah, and it's just because they have a like, um, Lucasfilm has a a story
0: team, and it's a group of people that meet, and they just essentially keep the canon, keep the story, keep everything straight, and they go, this is what happened, this is officially what happened. And it's just starting to feel like a room full of nerds saying, no, this is what happened, and this is the story, and there it is, and then you go, oh. okay, Okay. I guess that's yeah. I that's guess fine. Galen Urso invented the Death Star.
1: Okay, exactly. I mean, it's the whole. It, you know, people always ragged on Lucas for bringing the midi chlorians to explain the Force, but is that not what they're doing now anyway? Like, that's you know a good what point. I mean? yeah. Very good point. That uh, this whole thing is just a midi chlorian Yeah, Yeah, maybe we should start fighting back. I don't know, but I I still say making a Han Solo movie was such a risk because, uh, I mean, of the human characters in Star Wars, I mean, yeah, there's Luke Skywalker, there's Princess Leia, but Han Solo is Han Solo. He's the most well-crafted character, uh, the most interesting, even, I mean, he made The Force Awakens pretty much, Mm -hmm. right? And now you're going to try to cast some kid to do a, a very passable Harrison Ford impression and still balance the comedy with the action. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Tough. Yeah, and I'm I'm
0: curious about the the comedic slant to it too. Do you consider Han Solo a comedic
1: character? It's a, I mean, it's a great question. I I guess at the end of the day, in my mind, I'm like he's such a well-rounded character that he can do it all. You know what I mean? Yeah, he'll, like br- he'll bring the love, funny, he'll bring but the, he's the drama, not like a comedic. He's not a ham. No, it's just sort of part of his character. He's a skeptic. He's a he's a rogue. You know that uh, it just fit. It all sort of fit in so perfectly uh, that you see him as a flawed person. I mean, sort of thing, right? Yeah,
0: definitely. And like, it, he's almost like he has this mysterious past, and and the less you know about it, the better. I mean, what works in Force Awakens so great is that. You find out that Han and Leia are no longer together, but you don't yeah. know why. There's a, it, it implies a ton of story that that, and the implied story is actually like way more interesting than exactly the, than any explanation probably would be.
1: Yeah, and I guess correct me if I'm wrong, but during when they first expanded the universe with the novels back in the '90s, they had they had the Han Solo backstory where he he was an Imperial officer, something like that, right? Oh, did, is, well, is what's that the true? story? I don't I don't I forget. Uh, I mean, that's that. his. Yeah, I wasn't that up on them either. And if there's any huge fans listening, screaming into their stereo box right now, uh, (laughs) apologies. But I believe that was part of it that they've erased now, obviously. But yeah, I don't know. And I I mean, the, the whole setup for this movie, it's like... Okay, well, they're, like, are they going to have the scene where he meets Chewie? Like, do I really want to see that? I don't know. I kind of would rather just leave that to my imagination, like we've been talking about. Yeah, do we want to see him save
0: Chewie's life so that he gets the life debt? And yeah. That, like, even even the idea that, like, that, that Han and Chewie have this life debt thing that, that keeps essentially Chewie in Han's service for uh, forever is, like, a little bit more than I need.
1: Yeah, totally. E- even
0: knowing that is just a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and it's like well, we know that uh, that Han wins the Millennium Falcon in a card game from Lando. We know that's going to happen, so they're probably going to show us that. But like, wouldn't it be cool if the movie started like right after that or something? And land they're mad, maybe they're mad at each other. I don't know. You know what I mean? Why do you think,
0: like in your opinion, why do you think that that so many modern franchises will go the prequel route instead of the sequel route? Yeah, that's like, you're interesting. You're seeing it. You're seeing it with Harry Potter. Star yeah. Wars is doing it. Um, um, uh, Lord of the Rings did it. Like they went back and did The Hobbit. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I can om- it, yeah. I, I mean, I guess
1: because it's easier.
0: <laughs> is that the simple answer? I don't know. I think it might be the simple answer. Like, I always ask myself, I'm like, why can't they just progress the story instead of regressing it? And uh, I feel like it's just probably because they're like, oh, well, um, Hey, you liked the Death Star, didn't you? Well, maybe we'll show you how the Death Star got made because you like the Death Star, right?
1: Yeah, and th- th- it's it sucks because you're talking about things like Harry Potter or uh, Star Wars, whatever. These these things that have built these incredible universes, right? That mm-hmm. you could go anywhere. That's right. why that makes them so great. So like Harry Potter, why not go 20 years in the future, get why not start with a whole fresh slate of characters? put a new slant on the story i guess maybe the prequel thing is just a way for them to be like well it's a risk making something outside of whatever some new part of the canon so we're, we're gonna have to have some familiarity right i yeah. mean you can still do that with a sequel with relatives and stuff but
0: yeah definitely i don't yeah i don't understand like are we so do we just lack so many ideas that it was like hey they mentioned this thing in a successful movie let's go back and, and yeah put 200 million dollars into it give it uh, two hours and 15 minutes and yeah. uh, re- really explore this one sentence someone said once.
1: Yeah, and I love Harry Potter, but I had no interest in seeing Fantastic Beasts, partly because it was a prequel. It's like, well, because in my mind, I'm like, well, I know what that eventually leads to, and that's the Harry Potter series we know and love. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's it's boring to me. I don't know. And, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people had that reaction, well, sort of, when the, when the prequels were announced back in the 90s. Um, it was like, well, I would prefer it to be a sequel, but I realize at this point the prequels are the only way you can kind of go.
0: Yeah, and I feel like I feel like Star Wars invented the prequel or something, too. In a way, if you look at it, it's mm-hmm. probably the most. I don't know. I'm just this is off the top of my head. I have yeah. no uh, fact to back this up at all. But like, can you think of a prequel? <laughs> oh, do you know what I? You know what I found out was a prequel. What? When I was uh, researching this podcast um, uh, Did you know that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is a prequel? Oh,
1: that's right, I remember hearing that Now, I was never a huge like Jones head I My favorite of them <laughs> is oh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, it's me and my fellow Jones heads. I can't believe you weren't a Jones head <laughs> We were uh, we were like a, a Last Crusade family. That's the movie I sort of watched the most. Um, really, you were Last Crusade over um, Raiders. Yeah, because I, I guess Raiders wasn't. You know, when we growing up in the eighties and nineties, it was sort of like whatever tapes you had lying around were the ones you watched. We didn't have in that instant access, right? So, so we your were... dad your dad just happened to have Last Crusade lying right. around. He's a exactly. Connery fan. He liked the old man at the end. He used to joke about you chose wisely, you chose poorly, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I read that that Temple of Doom thing, and it was like, oh, it kind of blew my mind for half a second. I was like, oh, wait, I don't care. <laughs> yeah yeah so like I, yeah, I just don't understand, like I feel like Star Wars was definitely
0: the uh, the the forebearer of these prequels, and they made a bunch of money and then they were like, oh hey, this stuff already kind of works, and people are interested by it, and it's easier. maybe we'll do that instead
1: right, yeah like yeah
0: like there, there's you know and and like could you see someone like and I don't because I don't think it's for everyone, but could you see someone like like the Marvel Universe doing a prequel because I can't
1: yeah and I mean comic books are a whole different game. Uh, I think one of the reason why the MCU and the Marvel movies have been so successful is that comic books give them a license to reboot anything anytime right because mm-hmm. the comic books do that all the time so if anyone if they ever get criticism for that it's like well, that's what happens in the comics. they reinvent the universe they have to um, yeah because yeah
0: A series starts, and then a writer writes a particular arc of it, and then a new writer comes in, and then they kind of scrap that whole story, and they start from fresh, basically, and this new writer goes, well, I'm going to explore this uh, aspect of the character, which is actually much more interesting than going, like, we're going back, and Captain America is getting his shield again.
1: Yeah, and I mean, most superhero movies start with an origin story that if you went any further back, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting, though. I mean, the great thing about comic books is that the writers are so good. They're so good at story and coming up with you know, innovative new plots, I'm sure someone could come up with some cool prequely angle to something, right? Probably. And, I mean, they're making these movies. We're going to be seeing Marvel and Star Wars movies the rest of our lives, right? Like, it's yep. just like, so our mutual friend, Pat Thornton, I remember talking to him at a party once. He's like, Star Wars and Marvel will cross over eventually. Believe it. Because yeah, they're going to have to.
0: They're going to have to. Absolutely. That's a very good point for Pat. Um because there's too much money in it to not exactly be like an like an Elseworlds tale or yeah, something. yeah totally like, yeah um I mean Patton Oswalt had that big long ranty monologue thing that uh, they posted online from uh that episode of um uh that show wow great uh, I'm really nailing this here uh, the big where he, bang theory <laughs> <laughs> no not the big bang theory um from uh, you, yeah, you know, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, Patton <and> Oswalt <laughs> went on this thing and showed how like Star Wars and the uh, and the uh, and Marvel could cross over by using right. like the Infinity Gauntlet. Ah, the, yes, uh,
1: I remember that. Okay, ripping
0: a tear in space, and then all of a sudden, Star Wars comes in and stuff too. Because like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's just there's so much money sitting there to be exploited that way that it's like eventually they're gonna run out of some sort of ideas and they're gonna go, "This is great," and then and then that'll probably be the moment where everyone will go too much yeah this is too crazy this is the the batman and robin of um of <laughs> disney yeah now. and yeah. uh we need to scrap it all and go, and go dark or
1: something yeah because the momentum can't last forever like they're on a pretty unbelievable hot streak right i mean everyone's mm-hmm. still excited about star wars i i mean i the big question is when this next trilogy ends right that, that's right. sort of I, they've got. I feel like they've got as, as much time as that ends to cut, sort of figure out the next however many years. But uh, I mean, Marvel's doing the same thing. They're they're gonna what reset it after Infinity War, right? I think it, yeah, that marks the end of the first stage of,
0: of the first stage of forty seven movies that they've done. And, uh, yeah, then it's going to mark the new stage, and then they have, you know, new stars on cheaper contracts that they can then uh, have three different movies for. So we'll get, you know, three different Black Panther movies or um, uh, Captain Marvel or, you know, whoever. Yeah. Captain Marvel coming soon, right? They're making that right now. Uh, I think, I believe that they are making that right now. Um, Yeah. So are there any, like prequel movies that
1: have enhanced the franchise i mean the only case you could make is i rogue one i think because i remember the only really exciting that i can think of okay i can think of two two parts in the original prequels that i enjoyed and it's <laughs> out of,
0: the out of six hours of movie uh, yeah
1: exactly and it's the very beginning the beginning of phantom menace when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are on the Trade Federation ship, and they melt that door with the lightsaber, that was pretty cool. That's and then cool. the Melting the, things
0: with the lightsaber is cool.
1: That was awesome. It was like, ah, the Jedi. We're finally going to get to see the Jedi do some stuff. Because Luke was the only Jedi. And mm-hmm. well, I guess Vader in a way. But even they just kind of fought. They didn't do anything cool. So melting that door, that was awesome. Then right. at the very end, the fight the sort of... Uh, uh, what's his name Anakin's emotional arc I think in the th- third movie isn't so bad and the end when he goes crazy they have the fight in the volcano um, and then when they sort of wrap it up at the end with Luke and Leia being born now unfortunately the, the Vader no ruins it all but when you s- when you saw the white ship and the the young grandma Moff Tarkin it was like okay here we go that that felt good because it kind of anchored it to the original trilogy that felt alright the rest of them, re- or the rest of the prequels, uh, no. no. Absolutely. I but I, w- I will say this. I was trying to talk to someone about this the other day, but the people people who were kids, let's say seven, eight years old when those came out, they're now nostalgic for the prequels, uh, which is why in that in the new Battlefront Two video game, everyone was so jazzed about all the prequel stuff they're throwing into it. Because to oh, them, because, that's their
0: Star Wars. Oh, because people who are like, 18 and 20 right now are like oh yeah cool we I yeah. watched those movies growing up because they weren't cynical about it like we were we oh, were like 18 right 18, yeah I haven't really considered like that. That, that kids might like them because I felt like you know adults came around and just tried to ruin them for kids as much as possible yeah. by going like this sucks you don't actually like it <laughs> yeah
1: no but kids like it independently so yeah to answer your question I don't I don't really think those original prequels enhanced anything now Rogue One we mentioned it off the top there, but uh, I don't know. It's hard to tell because I did enjoy some parts of Rogue One, but after the, I saw it twice in theaters, the first time I was a little like I didn't, I didn't know if I liked it or not. Second time I was like, okay, that was pretty good. Um, what did? It, what, yeah, what are your thoughts about it now? Like in hindsight, I think it just could have been a better movie. Uh, and this is what I'm scared of with these, um, with these. Sort of Star Wars universe standalone movies is that they have this huge sandbox to play in, and they're kind of playing it safe. You feel like, like I, I remember it was originally pegged as like it's this big heist movie, and heist movies always have a cool, intricate plot where you know they're pulling off. They're, there's a lot. Like I, I, I imagine it more them sneaking around. I guess does that yeah. make sense? Just it just just lurking around. Yeah, there was no real plot, right? Yeah, the plot, the story was fairly weak and there was a lot of wasted time in that movie where nothing much moved anything forward it was like it, it was i
0: came out of it and i was like that movie was cool yeah like it was cool
1: but um i was like but who were any of those people exactly i didn't i felt no emotional attachment to Jin or so or even what's his name the pie the spanish guy yeah um, I, don't, I don't know either i thought the two the uh, guardians of the wills were really good they were they were probably the, one of the better parts of the movie i loved uh i didn't were they love... though
0: like who were those
1: guys yeah it's true it's true i mean they were just cute really at the end of the day yeah they were just like they were cool they were cool
0: like you look at them and you're like yeah these are these characters look cool they're doing cool shit um uh, but like yo who are you
1: yeah exactly which they didn't do a great job of. I mean, the movie looked amazing. All the mm-hmm. shots on Jeddah were really cool. The space mm-hmm. battle was awesome. Um, all the costumes were great. The, the production design was like immaculate. The way yeah. they managed to tie it to the 70s movies was like, whoa. Kudos. Kudos to yous. Um, but yeah, even like a
0: character like a Saw Guerrera, you're like, who is this? And then yeah. people are like, "Oh, you got to watch this cartoon for the thing." Fuck and it's like, that. "I don't yeah. What do you mean I have to watch that?" Yeah, That, <laughs> that shouldn't that? be part of the deal. Yeah, yeah. Why is this Disney XD show part of the, the material for enjoying this movie?
1: And yeah, I think we talked about it after seeing Rogue One. And yeah, if you really put Sagarera under microscope in that movie, it he does next to nothing. Like He doesn't do anything. He just pointless. wheezes around.
0: Yeah, totally. And he's, like, and he's like, I'll stay here. And it's like, why, man? Yeah, get out <laughs> of there. All, we're been, all getting out of here. Why is it you're staying You've been fighting pretty hard for a pretty long time, and shit is going down now, and you're yeah, quitting yeah, yeah. now. Yeah, this is the time that we actually need you. And yeah, uh, now you're just like, no, nah, I, I can't, I can't do it. It's that was a pretty like, good Sagrera. Oh yeah, I, I only saw the movie once. I don't, even, I just remember he was wheezing around a bunch.
1: And um, I, I did love, like, I loved his little gang, and they all had cool Star Warsy costumes. But again, it didn't really lead to much. Uh, does it enhance it? I don't know. I mean, it makes they did manage to connect it to a New Hope pretty nicely i didn't i really didn't expect it would be butted right up against it you know what i mean right and it's, yeah uh, it's
0: like did, yeah but it's like did you need it exactly did anyone did any of us need this story did you ever watch the, the beginning of a new hope and go like wow how did they get in this predicament you're like no. no they're in a crazy predicament this is
1: great and again i love that you can kind of make that story up for yourself not anymore but you could you could be like Ooh, rebel spies i wonder what that was like cool Definitely.
0: Bothans. What, what are those? I don't know. They sound yeah. awesome, though.
1: Yeah, um, exactly.
0: If someone were to give you the keys to the, the kingdom, the franchise, yeah. and we're like, Glenn, we're, we're stuck. We don't know what we're doing here. Just We're, we're wiping the slate clean. Um, what is your, Lay out
1: the next three movies Ooh, for us. Great question. Great question. Well, I mean, in terms of the standalone movies, they were on the right track by getting Lord and Miller. Uh, I think you should give it, give it to a visionary that doesn't have to be a young director, but give it to a visionary. Uh, look what James Gunn did with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like That's his movie. Uh, and at least the first one, they didn't really force him to connect to the MCU that much. They had what, the Thanos shit. That was pretty much it. Yeah, just totally uh, don't that. Yeah. Uh, same thing happened with Deadpool, although they, I guess that director's not back for the second one. But um, yeah, so take risks. That's what I want. Do you think uh, Star Wars can handle comedy in general? Uh, that's that's a great question because the Star Wars is funny at so many junctures, right? Now, I mean, not yeah. in the prequel, not in the cornball slapstick prequel way, but uh, the little like the little things, like you know, Han on the microphone in the in the cell break scene. You know what I mean? That was so funny, and you you. You, a, you get a feeling that that's what Lord and Miller were sort of you know juicing out. They were trying to extract those parts. Yeah, they were uh, like, what if, what if
0: Jim Carrey was uh, on the microphone? <laughs> um,
1: Doing the silliest faces, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, because sometimes I, I feel like um, because the property is taken so seriously by so many fans that um, uh, Lucasfilm now, like the people who are in charge of it now... Uh,
1: almost take it a little too seriously it certainly feels that way i mean even force awakens was funnier than i thought it would be like yeah it, yeah and it was lot really of, funny
0: yeah and you know jj abrams movies usually have that they're like yeah. fun it's it's not
1: so much like it's like
0: funny as it is it's just fun i'm having a, a hell of a time watching this thing yeah and, and i feel like lord miller were probably like no we're gonna do like actual comedy because one of the things that they um apparently were fired for is a well-known comedy thing of just yelling out alt lines from behind a monitor for the characters to say. Right. We do this all the time in, in in comedy stuff. We did it in Space Janitors. We did. Everyone does it. It's like you get a bunch of funny people standing around and throwing out lines and then they just say them to, so that we can get them on, on tape and then yeah. in the edit room find out which one is the funniest. So the, exactly. It seems like they were trying to make like a legit comedy.
1: Yeah. And... I mean, the fact that they were doing that means Lucasfilm had to have known that they were going to do some of that. Maybe it was the amount, I guess. I don't know. I mean, the, the word was that the, the set was completely split into two factions. The <laughs> people who were the, the old the old guard who were, they are like, we're here to do our job. We're here to shoot the script. And then the new guard, which is like, well, we're going to shoot the script and we're going to spend an hour doing all takes, which... Yeah. If you are doing a comedy nowadays, you kind of have to do that because that's sort of what tends to make the best stuff. Uh, definitely.
0: And, um, and I just, yeah, it's just curious why you hire people who are comedy people and then get mad when they do a comedy.
1: Yeah, which really makes you believe that it really did go off the rails. Like, I, you know, obviously we can't, none of us can truly pick sides here because we don't know what happened. Um, and it's not like those two guys are totally infallible. Right? like no. Maybe maybe it was off the rails. Maybe it was a good move. I mean, it's I, interesting mean I, that- I didn't like
0: 21 Jump Street. I thought that movie was bad. There we go. You hated that movie. I hated that movie. Yeah. Like the Lego movie. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that they're like, oh, these guys are amazing. They're the best. Right. I can't believe it. You know, or <laughs> where it was like, if you heard a story like, oh, Steven Spielberg is really losing control of the set, you'd be like, well, that's probably not true. <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. If you think Ron Howard is going to lose control of this set now. You got, you're, you're wrong, pal. If there's guy. one
0: Star Wars character that you could give a standalone movie to, who would it be?
1: Who? You know what? This came up the other day, and this is just the first one that sprang to mind. So I haven't put much thought into this, but I was thinking, like, why not make a standalone <laughs> movie about Greedo?
0: <laughs> you because you i don't think anyone would probably want to listen to him for two
1: hours well, that now that is true yeah that's a valid a point subtitle. they're probably not gonna go they're probably not gonna go the alien route but yeah no. I, that's that's interesting because that's a big problem isn't it because you can't really do like a chewbacca It's like they tried that with the holiday special an all wookie thing and it's incredibly boring
0: yeah definitely hmm, um yeah.
1: I mean, I'd love to see Obi Wan just because Ewan McGregor still is such a sick Obi Wan, and word has it he wants to do it. Um, I don't think I think it's an easier lift because he's done it before. Um, I guess you could say he's just as iconic as Han, but you don't have to worry about the uh, sort of the Harrison Ford factor because we know, hey man, McGregor will deliver. You definitely, he can carry a movie.
0: And then we'll all see it, and then we'll be like, "Oh, that's what he was up to." Oh, who cares? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: Uh, it was but, way better in my brain.
1: But I mean, I, I'm also just into make a new character, make a maybe start with something familiar, but really take it on a weird path. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just the the universe is so good, and I'd love to love to just see more. More breadth of it, or something. I don't know. I mean, the, yeah, yeah. Why
0: don't we get away from this this war? Why don't we get away from the empire? Why don't we get away from the rebellion? Why don't we go to some other spot and just see what's going on on this planet?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like the Outer Rim, for example. I mean, in in books and all the other Star Wars stuff out there, the Outer Rim's been a big, big topic, right? That's where Java lives. A lot of
0: scum and villainy. A lot of scum and there. villainy. A lot of, a lot of bounty of, uh, hunters. Bounty hunters. A lot of uh, illegal trades. A lot of um, a lot a lot of stuff going on out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, even a Jabba movie. I mean, they're going to do all this eventually. They're going to have to, right? But uh,
0: they're, they're, yeah, absolutely. And then Captain, you know, Captain America is going to punch Jabba at some point.
1: Yeah, and in this new Battlefront two, there's a there's an actual story mode of a hotshot Imperial pilot or something in the main game. They're probably going to do something like that eventually, where it's like, I don't know, some uh, more imperial bullshit. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Eventually, you got to do it all. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. They're going to have to. So, I don't know. Maybe it was good to get Hansel out of the way, because they would have had to do it eventually. I don't know. I don't know. Glenn McCauley, thanks so much for being
0: here. The uh, Brendan, inter- anytime. The, the,
1: the, ge- the inaugural guest. Oh, anytime. I've, I could talk about this for hours. And we have...
0: Yeah, that's true. You're right. And, uh, and when this Han Solo movie uh, comes out, we'll get you to come back, and we'll we'll fully oh, yeah. debrief and figure out if we were right, if it was supposed to be a comedy, and if it works or not.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. I, the part of the thing I love about when these Star Wars movies get released is finally you get to hear about how they got made and the decisions they make because it, it's always fascinating to me. They gave, you know, they got the keys to this castle. And it's like, well, what do we do with it now? The, the Part of the reason I was so excited with for Force Awakens was I wanted to hear, like, well, how did they decide to go that route? Because you mm-hmm. could have gone in so many different directions. Obviously, they chose the safest route possible. But, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, they essentially just made remade A New Hope. Hey, it worked for me. Hey, loved it. <laughs> loved it the first time. Loved it the second time. I think I've seen it about five times now. Uh, yeah, I will watch it uh, at any point. It's one of those movies I will throw on at any point. Same here. Same yeah. here. So they did it. All right, Glenn, thanks so much for being here. No problem, Brendan.
1: Anything to plug? Anything to talk about? Ooh. You do a, um, ba- a Bachelor podcast? Yeah, I don't know if there's a lot of crossover here, but check out The Bachelor Pod if you're into the TV show The Bachelor or Bachelorette. And, uh, you know, just check me out on social media. You, I'm searchable via my name, which is Glenn with two N's, and Macaulay, spelled like the same way Macaulay sp- Culkin spells his name. So it's easy. It's easy. So
0: Google Macaulay Culkin. That's how you do it.
1: Yep. Uh, wait, no? Huh? Uh, Yeah, you know. (laughs) Something like that. Look them up on the internet. Yeah, check it out.
0: Uh, All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem.